Hello, you're listening to the Various and Sundry Things podcast, the vast podcast. I am your host, Donna Gay Tyler. And I'm back. And you're back. You're listening again. And I appreciate you. How you doing? Have you had a good week? Weird week? Interesting week? Rough week? I feel you. It's, you know, life is hard. This whole adulting thing, mm-mm, zero stars, would not recommend. I mean, on some days, some days it's like, oh, I'm adult, it's great. And then other days I'm like, seriously, ugh, this is ghetto. I don't like it. But anyway, one of the things that is um, on my radar, has been on my radar for the last couple of days at least, um, the situation involving uh, the artist Lizzo. Um I'm not um, the biggest fan of her music and it's not because I don't, you know, like it's not a personal thing. Well, I guess it is because it's, are you, anyway, I'm digging too deep. It's not a personal thing. It's just, I'm funny when it comes to music. Um, My tastes are really, really, sometimes they can be stretched really widely. And then sometimes they're just super narrow. Um, Maybe you're like that too. Um, I've said before that I grew up churchy in a church, black church household. And so um, we didn't listen to a lot of secular music. Uh, not at my mom's, not, no, um, especially not out loud. Cause you know, I grew up in the era of the radio and tapes, CDs, you know, came along much, much later. I'm in my fourth decade y'all. And so um, if we listened to music, you know, it was largely gospel music um, because one, we were at church all the time and two, we were singing it. I mean, you know, I, I was performing gospel music hits at church or whatever. Um, Now, when I went to see my dad, ironically, um, even though he's uh, a gospel music artist himself, um, he and his sisters, um, old school gospel, if you will, um, you know, legends in their time. um, He is the one who introduced me to a lot more um, secular music. Um, I had, I was a big Winans music, uh, fan, still am, love the classic Marvin Winans sound. And so he introduced me or we jumped down the rabbit hole of, you know, Marvin Winans's, Marvin Winans's influences. Ooh, say that three times fast. And so I, you know, then I listened to Sam Cooke and, um, Donny Hathaway and of course Stevie Wonder to an extent. I mean, you know, Stevie Wonder influenced Twinkie Clark. Everybody knows that, right? Y'all saw the Clark's sister's family uh, movie a couple months ago. What was that last year? Time really moves fast. But anyway, so hence why I'm not the world's biggest Lizzo fan, but I did have an opportunity to listen to her entire album. Um, I've heard at least um, most of the songs um, on the album. Sorry, Juanita Bynum. Yeah, I listen to secular music. Still saved. Anyway, um, and uh, I ride, um, I have a Peloton and Peloton has a, a Lizzo ride on it. And so I took that um, ride has two instructors and I can't remember their names, but they were fantastic. And Lizzo herself, so they weren't just playing Lizzo music. She was a part of the ride. It was a in-studio ride with, you know, a live live members, you know. Um, and she came out and she got on a bike and she was riding and they were interviewing her and she was talking and singing along and kept pedaling. You know, meanwhile, I'm trying to like, you know, huff and puff and keep up, you know, and her dancers came out and they were dancing and it was, it was a lot of fun. And a lot of her music is really, it's really cute and it's empowering and it is, it's, it's, it's witty, you know, she's, she's got a pretty good pen. Um, and did I mention she can sing? She sounds good. She also sounded good in the studio on the bike ride. And I was like, girl, okay, I see you. 
Um, and I know that she plays the flute. Is that a flautist? I'm messing that up. I'm sorry. But yeah, um, and dances during her performances. So she's singing and dancing and playing a musical instrument. Okay. Me, I'm just running around my classroom, you know, trying to keep peace and trying to keep order and, you know, teach the children of America, you know, trying to enhance their reading skills and whatnot. Um, and that's on two cups of coffee, right? Okay, maybe three, four. I talked about that in my last episode. If you're a coffee lover, check that one out. But anyway, so Lizzo, in the news, unfortunately, not because of, you know, the things that she's, you know, promoting her music. And I think she has like a, a body wear, a body shaping wear line or um, athletic clothes or something like that. It came out this summer. You know, she's in her bag, honey, and getting it. Um, I follow her on social media. I think she's hilarious. Um, you know, she's really kind of, you know, in your face, definitely. Um, like, this is me. This is who I am. And I'm not going to apologize for it. And what else? You know, if people at other sizes get to do and get to be and get to wear what they want to do, be and wear, then why can't I? And I'm like, you know, it's 2022. You know, the world coming to an end soon. So, hey, do you. <laughs> Apocalypse cometh. Anyway, um, so yeah. So she unfortunately has been in the news recently. And like I said, not because of any of the things that she's promoting in terms of, you know, her own endeavors, but because a comedian and because he's been named in other, you know, news outlets, I don't think it's a problem with me, you know, saying who he is. Aries Spears. Now, I'm not the world's biggest fan of his either. Um, and especially not now. Blah. But um, I did used to watch Mad TV and I remember him from that. Um, somebody was telling me about um, he's he's that he's pretty funny. He's got some stand up shows that I can't remember what it was on if it was like Netflix or HBO or something like that. And, you know, he's a stand-up comedian. He he has been around for a while because Mad TV at this point is, you know, it's 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 been here and it's gone and it's been gone for a while now. Um, but anyway, so Aerie Spears, if you haven't heard this story, you know, buckle up. But anyway, he was on um a podcast, I guess, or some type of interview situation. It's called The Art of the Dialogue. And I don't know the guy's name who was interviewing him. And I need to figure that out because he's, I think, is just as guilty here as um, Aries Spears. But anyway, whoever the guy was that was interviewing him, um, he asked the question, um, you know, someone who actually makes good music. And Aries Spears was like, who? And he was like, Lizzo. You know, like, you know, she does. She, she, She's really good with, you know, a good writer. And I, I follow this other guy named Damon Young. Um, came across him. Um, he used to have a website. And I think it's still in existence. Very Smart Brothers. And he is. He is a very funny guy and also wicked, wicked, very pointed in his writings. I mean, he gets right to the point. Like, we just, let me just call a spade a spade. And so what he said about this was that this dude, the one who was answering the questions, and like I said, I can't remember his name, but he's as guilty as Aries Spears because he was like, I know a lob when I see one. And he threw that up for the alley-oop. For Aerie Spears, right? You know, because Aerie Spears is like, his response was, you know, she has a pretty face, but I can't get past the fact that she looks like the poop emoji. What? Excuse me? Um, and then he went on to compare her to a plate of mashed potatoes and, you know, that she, you know, she exposes her body or he was talking about, um, he mentioned that time that she wore like, 
I think it was a thong or something like that to a Lakers game. So her butt was out. Um, and as I mentioned a few moments ago, you know, sis is all about, look, if people at other sizes can do it, why can't I? You know, nobody, you know, gives them a hard time. As a matter of fact, they ogle, um, you know, other folk that look like that, that don't have her body shape, right? We'll say that. Um, and, you know, they're like, oh my God, did you see? You know, folk come out half naked nowadays, like everybody, everybody. But, you know, it's a problem because she's a plus size woman. And when she does it, then it's it's shameful, right? And Aries, the guy who had asked the question, he was cracking up when Aries, you know, made his first comparison. Like, you know, he, he, ha, ha, all that, you know, didn't say Aries was wrong, dude, you, wrong, you know, then Aries made the next comparison, still more he, he, ha, 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 ha. And, you know, then Aries went on to say, you know, she's a beautiful girl, got a beautiful face, but, you know, and then Aries, like, here we are in the interview, like he's doubling down on it. Like, you know, I can hear them coming, you know, calling women, you know, that obnoxious name that begins with the B. And um, I can't remember whatever movie he was likening, you know, the women coming for him to, you know, you can hear them on their horses. They're coming for me. Like, bruh, you, you don't think they should. And then he, you know, went on to talk about, um, he was like, you know, what kills me about women. So, so we, so he pivots from, you know, dogging out Lizzo talking about, you know, how big she is and, you know, that that's problematic. Now he does point out that, you know, he is a big guy himself. But he thinks, you know, because he's a comedian and he's handsome that he, you know, he still gets, you know, his fair share of women or whatever. Um, handsome is subjective. Just want to point that out. Anyway, um, you know, he's then so again, in addition to criticizing unfairly, unnecessarily, you know, talking about Lizzo, then he goes on for to this, you know, what kills me about women. Okay, so now we it's just everybody now. All right. You know, the hypocrisy is what he mentioned. You know, he's like, um, he says that, or said, and I'm paraphrasing here, that women are like, oh, queen, yes, and all this kind of stuff, you know, and, you know, lauding her and applauding her instead of being like, you know, the diabetes and the cholesterol, and you should put the eclair down. Listen, I wish I had a, a, just a penny or a dime for every time I heard somebody say that about somebody who's large. Like, why are you the health police? I, I'm getting ahead of myself, beloved. I'm tuning up already. <laughs> I'm tuning up already. Like, bruh. So he knows he's wrong because he has to try to qualify his fat shaming by pointing out that he himself is fat. So I guess that makes it make sense. Um, disclaimer. Um, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it doesn't. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> it doesn't. That and to be honest though, um, some of the worst fat shamers that I've come across have been fat people, like people who themselves are fat. Uh th they are the worst fat shamers. And I'm gonna put myself in that category. I, I am. I my name is Donna and I have been a fat shamer. I've done it. Um, so I'm sure you're if you're listening and you're probably a little bit like-minded, so you're you know, probably understanding where I am and not, which, which means that you don't understand what his point is. Like actually, again, both of them, the dude that asked the question and then Aries Spears's commentary. Um, then I saw that he had posted another video on at least Instagram at least, um, and maybe somewhere else where he was making some other kind of 
comments that appear to be reflective of his doubling down, you know, on, you know, his stance, um, you know, because I think people, you know, came for him rightfully. So like, uh, bruh, you know, uh, you're a little large and, um, at least larger than what we have seen him be, which is fine. I mean, you know, everybody gets a little, everybody gets to be who they are. You know, you gain a little weight. I cool, but that doesn't make it okay for you to fat shame someone else. And it's just really, I don't know. It's just super confusing because, you know, put the eclair down, but then he's talking about himself being a lover of pasta. So two wrongs make a, a right. Make that make sense. <laughs> One of my students says, you sound like my mom. She says that all the time. Well, honey, make it make sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't get that. I, none of that actually made any sense to me, just to be honest, none of it really makes any sense. And then it put me in the mind frame of, you know, people that I've seen in the news and the media, you know, get fat shamed, um, constantly, constantly. Um, so for example, for example, um, she's a model. I followed her or I still follow her on social media. I just haven't heard a lot from her recently. And maybe she's been keeping a lower profile. I don't know. It's how the Instagram algorithm works too. Tess Holiday, you might be familiar with her. Um, a plus size model, uh, body positivity advocate and that kind of thing. I remember a little while ago, um, she um, said that she was had been battling anorexia and that, um, you know, she was, you know, not hiding, you know, that fact. fact. Um, is that a Freudian slip? not hiding that fact and um, anymore and that, you know, she was getting help for it and things like that. Like I said, she's a plus size model, beautiful woman, um, a lot of tattoos. My my daughter would love her because my daughter's all into the tattoos right now. Um, as a matter of fact, I need to show her a picture, to, but that's going to make us have to go back to the store and buy more tattoos. I digress. Um, but anyway, Tess Holiday. I mean, every time she would post something online, it just, I can't imagine, um, you know, having to deal with that every single stinking time. Like I, I think I would turn the comments off at some point, but then it, you know, becomes like um, a thing where you're letting the, you know, proverbial haters kind of like run your life or at least run your social media life. And that's not fair either to her or anybody who, you know, feels like they have to do that. Um, I don't know how I would handle that situation, but it was, I mean, like she'd post a picture, she'd post a picture of her kid. She'd post a picture of her, um, I think getting a tattoo at one point or a new, you know, some new piece, you know, um, uh, her modeling and, you know, some outfit or whatever, and, you know, and there would be people like, oh my God, girl, you look good, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then of course they'd be, here come the haters. You really need to take care of yourself. Like, first of all, do I have to say this? I guess I do. Fat people already know they're fat. Thanks. So really much obliged. Thanks a lot. Oh my God. I want to talk about myself last here. So I, I'll try to save my commentary about myself and my own experiences for the last. But yeah, Tess Holiday, oh my God, so sorry because seriously, I mean, this I mean, and it's it's just it's just stupid because you know, people who are making the comments in her, uh, you know, under her post or whatever, again, it's as if she's not already acutely aware of her size. And perhaps any kind of, you know, health issues that may come with her being the size that she is, you know, but it's also kind of this, it's also stupid because, you know, the issue that, uh, 
Ari Spears or the issues that he was bringing up with regard to Lizzo made no sense. It's like, are you not familiar with her at all? I mean, and the stamina that she has to endure, you know, concerts and all that I mentioned already, all that she does during those concerts, you know, the fact that she was on the Peloton bike, continuing to pedal and sing and, you know, um, answer questions and things like that. Listen, I've been a praise and worship leader um, at a church. I have been a choir member practically all my life, you know, up to the last couple of years. Um, you know, I just quit. <laughs> and that's a podcast for another day, too. But listen, that's the amount of energy that it takes to sing and exhort and, you know, and dance a little because, you know, you want your choir to be like in praise and worship team to be like a whole musical experience. You, The audience wants to be entertained. Let me tell you, they will stand there straight faced and look at you until you get to be, you know, moving in the spirit a little bit more like, mm-hmm, like, OK, you know, and some Sundays is like, I ain't doing all that. Nope. We're going to go nice and slow. Where's Tina Turner at? You know, had a good job in the city. That's what we're going to do. We ain't doing rolling on the river. No. Nah. Anyway, I digress again. But yes, yeah, like, you know, you're, he was mentioning, you know, diabetes and high cholesterol and all this other kind of stuff. First of all, she's a very young woman. Lizzo is. She's younger than me. And who says just because you're at a certain weight that you also have those, you know, health issues? It just isn't, it doesn't, it doesn't pan out. It, it just doesn't. I'm sticking myself out there. I'm a living witness. I've been much heavier than I am now. And thank God, knock on wood, knock on whatever. I've not had, you know, to deal with some of those, you know, health issues that we routinely attribute to people who are overweight, you know, and I get why people do that, but I'm a living witness to use a churchy line that that just doesn't, it doesn't apply everywhere. Just because you, you know, are big, just because you are heavy, just because you're overweight, don't, doesn't always equate with high cholesterol, you know, heart disease, diabetes, or as folk in the black community say, sugar, sugar diabetes, which has always been funny to me now that I figured out that those are how ironic it was that we said that. But anyway, yeah, just not fair. And so, yeah, Tess Holiday, Constant, constant. Like I said, I haven't seen much of her online recently. And maybe she's taking a lower profile because, you know, folk were, you know, picking apart this. How can you be, you know, a certain weight and also be anorexic? It's like, well, first of all, go do your homework, you know, look up what being anorexic means. And then, you know, then go stick your head in a hole because there you go. Whoop, there it is. Like, don't even come back at me after you finish doing your homework. Don't even come and apologize. Just go do your homework, go do your research. And then go quietly off into the sunset. Thank you so much. Um, Jonah Hill, you know him, actor? Um, he's lost some weight uh, recently. And um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that he had uh, said that he you know, didn't want people to even comment on it because, you know, on his weight loss. And I get that. I get that. As someone who's been up and down and up and down in their weight, I totally get that. Um, uh, you know, because it, it makes it it makes it even that much more awkward for him. Um, I think he mentioned, you know, and you know, it's like, then that becomes the focus. Um, and I can think of so many other, you know, Hollywood types and celebrities who, who have said that, you know, along their weight loss journeys, that that becomes, you know, the focus, you know, um, uh, what's my girl's name? The English uh, singer, Adele, another example um, of, of at least a person who has had to deal with the commentary. Um, 
I follow her online. And I remember when she posted the picture of herself, I think it was at a birthday party or something, maybe last year or year before last. And she was noticeably smaller, right? And I was like, who is this? I mean, in in as much as she had lost a significant amount of weight. And I was like, oh my goodness, she, she got super thin. You know, and people were commenting, you know, how well she looked and all this other kind of stuff. And I remember, I think it was in that Oprah um, sit down interview that she'd said, um, you know, that just became the focus. And, you know, her her weight, you know, was, you know, it, it was all around, you know, all the comments and commentary and, you know, instead of her just being this incredibly, you know, talented singer that she is. Um, um, and she's so funny too. Like, I didn't know that she was such a, British people, I guess, use a lot of profanity. She's funny. Um, am I not supposed to laugh at it? Because I'm saved. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, listeners. Um, yeah, but I get that. You know, then it becomes all about, you know, well, how did you lose the weight? And what did you do? And and I've just the other day, day somebody asked me that like literally this week how did you lose the weight man it's i wish it was a magic bean or pill or something like that it just i don't care even if you do get surgery even if you do have weight loss surgery even if you do take medicine for weight loss that is not the be all end all been there done that yeah you still got to put in a lot of work even with those, I mean, and that's what doctors have always said about, you know, weight loss surgery or even taking medicine, um, you know, medical weight loss. It, those are just tools in your tool belt, right? That's it. It's not, it's not the magic bean. It's not, you know, bippity boppity boop, somebody wave a wand, you wake up, you know, you're skinny. I, I, I tried that. I, I was like, okay, yes, this is going to work. I'm going to wake up and tomorrow I'll be skinny. Yeah, well, and that's a whole nother story too about why we prize skinniness, you know, thinness in this society, in this world probably, but definitely in America. That's a whole nother, gosh, that's another podcast. And I'd need to bring on a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a therapist or whatever to, you know, maybe even a sociologist. Why is why do we do that? So yeah, so Tess Holiday, um, Jonah Hill, Adele, um, who else do I have on my list? Now this one's gonna be ironic. <laughs> and I acknowledge the irony, okay? I got Kim Burrell on here. Um, <laughs> the irony is, it was a previous podcast episode in which I talked about um, her um, commentary. Um, but the reason I put Kim Burrell on this list, and I think I mentioned it on that um, episode, was that... Be so the criticism, the critique of her comments about um, people being ugly in church, for which she has atoned, I suppose, and apologized a million times and all that kind of stuff. My problem with it on the other side was that when people were criticizing her for it, they, they started fat shaming. And I was like, now, how does one negate the other? It's kind of like, I guess, kind of like the Aerie Spears thing, like, well, I'm fat, so I can talk about Lizzo being fat. Like, mm, no. And so, you know, talking about Kimberrell you know, being mean and saying mean comments. And then people turned around and were being mean to her. Like I saw like memes, whole memes and pictures and multiple pictures of, you know, you know, criticizing her like, oh, you know, you was this size not too long ago. And so like I did, I remember, you know, talking to a friend about it. Like, so wait, so now fat is ugly. Like that doesn't make any sense. You know, and I guess, you know, like the one post that I saw that one poster, you know, that was their equivalence, you know, like, you know, you can't call people ugly or can't allude to people being ugly 
because you were once much bigger and fatter. And I was like, so wait, again, two wrongs make a right? No, they don't. It's just in math. You know, negative and negative equals positive. You know, multiplication, right. Right, right, my math friends. Yeah, so no, that doesn't work. And then again, like I said, so fat is the equivalent of ugly. I just, again, that is not fair. It's not fair. It's not. It's not a fair argument, it do, and it doesn't make sense. They don't balance each other out, and they therefore cancel each other out. This, you know, it's just this is weird social math that people do. You know, on you know Al Green's internet, it just does not make any sense. I'm gonna say Oprah on Oprah's because she probably own it um, at this point. Anyway, I know she got a couple corners of it. Yeah, it just it does. They don't cancel each other out. It's not fair. It's all mean to be fair. I mean, to be honest. It's all mean. It's all mean spirited. And I just, I don't know. And of course, the people who were doing the biggest fat shaming when it came to the whole uh, Kimberell fiasco were church folk who I want to just take a moment and say, my God, today, church folk are some of the meanest fat shamers. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, apostles of Jesus Christ, followers, and Christians writ large. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying church folk, and there is a distinction and a difference. And I know that's redundant, like various and sundry. But my point, my point is, some church folk are really, really mean, really mean, and especially when it comes to talking about folk who they think are fat. I grew up as a fat kid, and child, let me tell you, the people who got on my case the most were older church people. Now, I know somebody out there is like, they didn't mean no harm, but they inflicted harm. Okay. So do I sound angry? <laughs> am I still angry about it? <sighs> Maybe I am. Okay. A moment, breathing, meditation. Mm -hmm. But they did. And I guess that's that kind of, you know, like that excuse. I'm over that. I don't like it. You know, it's the, the, the fact that they didn't mean any harm. Mm -mm. There's, that's not an excuse to cause harm. And especially when you're talking about young people in the church who already are, first of all, in an environment that, you know, has evolved greatly over, you know, the years and, you know, in the throes of, you know, trying to identify themselves and, you know, all that adolescence brings. And, you know, my own personal story, me, myself, personally, <laughs> I love that. That's in incredibly redundant. I mean, I had a really kind of convoluted childhood. Um, I've alluded to the fact that, you know, I grew up going to two different churches um, because my parents were divorced. So I went to the church that my father was the pastor of. And then I went to the church that my mother went to after my parents got divorced. So, yep, we were back and forth um, in that regard. So, yeah, you know, so like I said, that, you know, that added an extra layer of whatever you want to call it, you know, to my own little personal journey, you know, growing up. So for folk to, you know, church folk to mention something about my weight, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Kids, you kindly just shut the heaven up because that's the nicest way I think I can put that. Um, and again, because I was fat shamed, right? What's the saying? Hurt people, hurt people. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Large and in charge and when I was larger, when I was thinner, but it didn't matter, you know. Um, but yeah, as a fat person, a person who was fat, who was a person, I mean, yeah, whatever. Um, but as a fat person, fatter person, the person who was fat, I was, ooh, I was right there with the best of them, fat shaming. And I, you know, I was, I was thinking about this as I was reflecting on um, this particular episode. I'm like, what is it that 
makes us do that? Like, is it, um, you know, that makes us fat shame? Is it, is it internalized self-hatred or at least self-dislike? Definitely, definitely. And if that's the case, then how do we, how do we move past that? Right. I mean, because as a larger person, when I was a much bigger size, right, very much aware of how much I weighed, very much aware of how much space I took up, um, what size clothing I needed to wear, you know, where I could shop as a as a bigger woman. Um, Cause you know, all the stores didn't, you know, dress everybody. You know, you had to go to certain stores and certain sections of the of the clothing store. You know that that section that whatever they used to label it, it was just really demeaning. You know, plus size. Thank you. All right, I'm over here. Thanks. All right. <laughs> you know, just just can't have regular sizes mixed in. Like we just gonna go. Okay, I digress. Um, yeah, I, I used I remember telling someone too. Like I, I did not like going to grocery stores. You know, it's like a fat person in a grocery store seemed like an oxymoron to me because I just assumed that everybody was thinking that I'm going to have like a whole shopping cart full of, I don't know, you know, fattening foods, um, which I'm, as soon as I finish with this podcast, I'm probably going to order some chips. So there's that. Um, but I used to hate going to grocery stores because down the aisles with your cart and if somebody else was coming towards you. Like I was trying to do the math in my head and how much space and the physics and all of this kind of stuff, you know, trying to take up that much space, you know, and trying to figure out, am I going to be able to get past them? Are they going to be able to get past me? Am I going to hear that, huh, you know, um, you know, riding on airplanes, sitting anywhere almost in, in a public seat, like going to a concert or something like that. Um, I remember one concert I went to and the seats was pinching me. Oh my God. I just, I did, I, I was too wide. These hips honey, they did not lie. <laughs> and I was too wide for that seat. And I was so uncomfortable. And so I kept trying to stand up as often as I could, you know, to encourage the singers because I was so uncomfortable in that seat. And I say all that to say, which is a very churchy saying right there. I say all that to say that fat people know how much space they take up. They know their numbers. A lot of them do. A lot of people who are, a lot of everybody does. I mean, we are aware of who we are, but I'm saying we, you know, as a fat person, um, I don't take up as much space as I used to. And I've been up and down, you know, I've been up and I've been down. Anyway, um, don't sound like I used to sing, do it. Anyway, uh, very aware of it, very aware of how much space I take up. And almost to the point where I, you know, sometimes going out in public is an ordeal, um, let alone riding in, in an airplane, having to ask that you know, can I get a seatbelt extender or extension, you know, to the point where I just got my own. So I wouldn't even have to ask the flight attendant, you know, to have the, you know, you have your belt, you know, seatbelt around you, around your waist, low and tight. Like, thank you. It's tight, period. End of story. Um, you know, not wanting to go to the amusement park, something I used to like, you know, as a kid, as a teenager, um, I slimmed down a little bit in high school. Um, and then I got to college. I didn't gain weight freshman year. I gained weight sophomore year. They talk about the freshman 15. So what, what is it? The, the sophomore? I don't know. I don't know. Sophomore 75. It wasn't, it wasn't 75 pounds, but to the point where, um, you know, it was noticeable. And I remember, you know, uh, a particular member of my family asked if I was pregnant in college because I had gained weight. Like, really, why ain't you ask me? Cause you know, he's going to get told off. That's why. But anyway, <laughs> but what happened, what had happened was uh, sophomore year, the dorm we lived in was walking distance from 
Popeye's Chicken in Washington, D.C. I told you I went to Howard, child. And I mean, I yeah, Popeye's, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They knew us in there. Me and my dorm, uh, my roommate, they knew us in that Popeye's. And honey, I was eating fried chicken and beans and rice. So one of the other stories that I wrote down to share, um, again, fat shamed at church. This was when I was grown. Um, I had on this leather dress and I thought I was doing it. It's custom made leather dress. It was like a jumper, but you could not tell me it was black. I, you could not spend a pretty penny on it too. And you could not tell me I was not sharp. And child, <laughs> I said it like we friends at the coffee shop. Child, one of the persons that fat shamed me in this outfit was a preacher. A preacher. Uh, you, you know the joke, right? You know, like how many cows did it take to make that dress? I was heated, heated. It's like I said, I have my little black leather dress on. I have my black boots, leather boots. I don't know what kind of bag I had with it. I had a white top on it because black and white, Kojic, you know, it's all we wore. But anyway, I was mad because I thought I was looking really good. And I know this other lady I was following online recently, and she said the same thing. She was like, you know, I've been hyping myself up for my birthday and thinking, yeah, I'm doing it. And she's like, it was just one person. All it takes sometimes is one person to knock you down. And all the work that you've done and all the, you know, therapy that you've put in and the time you've built building yourself up. She's like, unfortunately, the reality is sometimes all it takes is one person. And I had to agree with her on that. You know, that whole sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me is the biggest lie. It's the biggest lie we've told our kids and that we tell ourselves, yes, you know, we we are, you know, warriors and conquerors and, you know, I can do all things through Christ and empowered and all the girl power, woman power and all that other kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I buy into that. But listen, that that thing hurt my feelings and I got mad and beloved, listen, I, I, I cut back. I said, I went for broke and I'll share. I'm sorry. You know, I apologize. I don't even know if that preacher is still alive too. But anyway, I, I was like, are you serious? You a grown man and I know your business. You borrowing money from some other grown man. So mm -hmm. at least I paid for my own outfit. Thank you so much. And it, that's a bit of shaming, right? It's poor shaming, right? Or shaming people who, you know, have a different financial status than you. That's wrong too. He started it. I don't care. <clears throat> but yeah, so I... And he wasn't fat, you know, like I said, I think, you know, the worst shamers, the worst shamers of people who are fat are also people who are fat. But that doesn't mean that people who are not fat can't be really, really bad uh, fat shamers. And like I said, um, I've been up and down in my um, weight loss journey. Um, you know, it's supposedly, a, you know, a journey to health. You know, that's what we were saying. Like, I need to focus more on just like, you know, the healthy part. And at this point in my life, I really am um, less. I'm trying. I'll say it like that. <laughs> I'm trying to focus less on the numbers on the scale and more so on those other numbers that matter um, a whole lot more. Um, another podcaster that I listen, listen to, um, Nicole Walters, um, she's, um, you know, really, really visible online. She had a um, reality show for a while and she also um, lost a lot of weight um, in the, you know, recently. And and that she says that she was like, you know, people are looking and asking, you know, like, how did you do it? And all this other kind of stuff. She was like, I talked to my doctor. I, you know, we came up with a plan. And she was like, um, if I think this is Nicole Walters. She was like, know your numbers, you know, not not necessarily the numbers on the scale, but, you know, your cholesterol numbers, your, you know, your A1C, you know, um, um, triglycerides and all that other kind of stuff. She's like, know that because that really does tell the tale, right, of how healthy you are. 
And like I said, I'm testifying a little bit. And I know it, that's it's it it is kind of it's it definitely shocked me because I, I remember my doctor, um, you know, first time I got one of those panels, and she was like, You have really, really good cholesterol and good blood pressure. She's like, Woof, is this genetic? And I was like, IDK, but hey. And you know, at the time that we took that uh, panel, I'm talking about years ago, she was like, I was large, you know, I was much larger, much heavier you know, what, what is considered obese. And, um, she was shocked and I was too, but again, knowing those numbers, you know, and when they do change and things like that, you know, really tells you about what's going on on the inside now, you know, with your heart and, you know, cholesterol and, you know, potential heart disease and, you know, your potential to develop diabetes and all of that other kind of stuff. And I remember, um, also, um, when I had lost weight, yeah, I, you know, I went to my doctor like, look, I'm tired of being this weight. Um, you know, it's uncomfortable, you know, like you can't wear what you want to wear and everything's tight. And, you know, women who are listening to this podcast, you probably you you might understand the whole Spanx battle. I mean, you know, because I grew up in the era of girdles in the church. You know, you had to have your loins girded with a girdle. They ain't want you jiggling and wiggling. Um, and the breastplate of righteousness, you know, them super tight, you know, braziers is <laughs> what they're called, right? And so, I mean, fighting, you know, spanks and sweating and singing and all that kind of stuff. I just, I was not comfortable and I was ready to make a change. And so I started with my doctor and we had a conversation and, you know, we went and, and I took a journey and I'm still on it, you know, trying to, you know, maintain a healthy weight. Uh, maintain some good numbers and things like that because I want to live a long life and be here and see my daughter grow up and see her kids if she decides to have some and grandkids and all that other kind of fun stuff. But um, yeah, and so I remember, you know, almost a decade ago when I, um, you know, started the journey, that journey that time and had lost a lot of weight, and, you know, got the questions, you know, what do you do and all this other kind of stuff. And I was very hesitant to say that I had gotten surgery um, because I know how the story goes. Um, you know, people have weight loss surgery and everybody says, oh, that's great. And then there's that, you know, then there are those other voices who say, oh, you cheated. And I heard that. I got that. Um, you know, I remember someone asked someone else about me. It was like, well, did she lose weight the natural way? What? What? Is it natural for me to be sitting over a hundred pounds overweight? Is that what God wants for my life? I mean, I'm, I wasn't comfortable and I didn't think that it was, you know, so the point that I'm trying to make here is that it wasn't natural that I had gained all that weight, you know, um, through a number of means or whatever, but, you know, because of a number of reasons or whatever, but that wasn't natural. I mean, I was way over a hundred pounds overweight. Um, now, of course, now let's pause for a second because that whole BMI chart, you know, that, that thing, that thing is wrong. I'm sorry. I ain't going to never be what I'm supposed to be according to that BMI chart. So whatever I get down to and wherever I feel comfortable, that's just where I'm going to be. Okay. All right. But yeah, I mean, I remember that question, like, did she lose weight the natural way? And of course this question was, I shouldn't say of course, but it was at the time, this question was from somebody who was thin and I had never known them to be overweight. I'm like, do you know how hard it is to lose just 10 pounds? Gosh, my weight, even right now, I've been swirling around these same kind of like five, four, three, two, one pound for a while. I'm like, what in the world? That skill can be vicious. You know, that's why they say you should focus on other numbers and then 
non-scale victories as well. But I remember that question. I remember that hurt my feelings. Like I was literally working my butt off at the time. And um, I had started running a little bit um, and I was, I was so self-conscious about running. I was like, I do not, like I would run at odd times because I didn't want people to pay attention to me, you know, you know, a bigger person trying to run and with good reason listener, because I, one time I was um, out uh, running, you know, and I was bigger and somebody in their car, um, uh, you know, rolled down their window to tell me that I needed to be running faster. Really? Why don't you just pay attention to where you're going before you get a ticket for running through that red light? Because this is Chicago. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, at the height of my weight loss uh, slash health journey game, game, um, I had a gym membership at a pretty expensive gym too. back in to think about it. Um, I had a personal trainer. Um, I was buying all kinds of, you know, healthy snacks and organic stuff and um, counting calories. I was using apps and all that other kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I was really working myself. I really, you know, was working to try to get down um, to a certain size, a certain look, a certain weight um, to the point where um, my doctor was like, uh, you know, you're doing really well. You know, I know you're not where the BMR, BMI chart says you need to be, but you know, you, you don't have to like, and I wasn't even super skinny at that time. I, 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 in my book, in my mind, I've never been super skinny, but, um, yeah, the doctor was like, Hey, you know, you're doing well. Like the doctor was like trying to tell me, you know, don't keep beating yourself up for not being at a particular size or a particular weight, like you're doing a good job. The doctor wasn't telling me to stop necessarily, but just that, you know, trying to help me to acknowledge the fact that I had come a long way um, and that, you know, that I had done a really, really good job. Yeah. And, you know, that made me like pause for a second, you know, really to kind of like acknowledge, you know, how much weight I had lost, how much healthier my numbers had become. Um, you know, I'm talking, I'm not talking about the scale number, but you know, the other numbers that, that also matter a whole, whole lot. And, you know, that my doctor was telling me, you know, you, cause I was, you know, my doctor was asking, you know, like, what are you doing? How are you maintaining all this other kind of stuff? Like, you know, you do not have to cut your calories so drastically all the time. And, you know, which meant that I was going to Starbucks, you know, I was doubling up on my Starbucks at <laughs> getting a little extra coffee, you know, what just extra coffee is that caramel macchiato. Yummy, yum. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I, I frustrated is, you know, the understatement. I understand. I think I might heard or read rather that, um, you know, Liz had posted something about, you know, feeling, you know, like attacked again or crying to sleep. And maybe I'm, maybe I hadn't, I, cause I didn't see her post myself. I thought I read somewhere that somebody had said something about that, but then she won an award at the VMAs. Um, just the other day. And I guess someone was asking her why she didn't clap back, you know, and she was like, cause I'm winning. And she, you know, used an expletive too, that I won't necessarily say, cause I want to keep this, uh, you know, a clean episode. But um, yeah, I, you know, I, I get that. Like I said, frustrated is not even the word that I can, you know, begin is not the appropriate word to describe like how I felt, you know, about that. And like I said, I'm not, um, I'm not as small as I had been a couple of years ago. I'm still, you know, trying to get 
I want to get back down to that weight and it's vanity because I still got clothes <laughs> that I did not get rid of, you know, once I gained weight. Um, and so it's vanity at that point. I want to be able to wear those clothes again. I, I paid a lot of money. <laughs> I got a whole wardrobe of smaller clothes that I want to wear. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to say that my numbers are looking really, really good. Um, you know, and I'm, I am happy about that. And I've, you know, made a, you know, a good, a good change and I'm still not as committed to exercise as I should be. And like I said, I am going to eat some chips once I finish this particular, once I finish with this episode, because I want salt. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, save your commentary. I know you're going to have hypertension. I don't. Thank you. And if I do, then we'll do something about it. I, all right. I want some chips. Um, you know, that's, that's one thing the nutritionist says, you know, like don't deny yourself. If you feel like you want something, you know, have it, you know, have it in moderation, you know, don't eat the whole bag, Donna, but, um, you know, have it, indulge yourself every now and then you need, we need balance. We, you know, that's, that's one thing that's wrong with the American culture. You know, we, it's, it's one or the other. It's, you know, you know, low fat, no fat, you know, vegan, and there's nothing wrong with those things, you know, or no gluten, you know, everybody's gluten free and not even celiacs, you know, people who need to avoid gluten are people who are celiacs, you know, right, or have celiac disease, I shouldn't say they're celiacs, have celiac disease, right, where, you know, gluten, you know, has a, you know, a, a negative effect on them, right, but it just didn't, we just swing back and forth all the time, and there's no really no good middle ground, you know, for us to occupy. And so people who already have health um, weight challenges, you know, get all this, all these mixed messages and end up feeling so unloved and unappreciated and unwanted. And it's just, it's a horrible rabbit hole to jump down and it's hard to climb out of it. I mean, you have to do a lot of work on yourself. And then when you do, you know, commit to that, um, you know, self-care in that regard, you know, like, you know, loving yourself and, you know, validating yourself, then it, all it does is it does, you know, like in this case with Liz, and I'm not saying that he knocked her off her square, Aerie Spears, but what I am saying is all it takes is one person. And then it's, this thing gets dragged out. And here I am on a Wednesday, you know, talking about something that happened a few days ago, but it's been everywhere because, you know, she is, she's got, you know, quite a following and, you know, has had quite an impact on, you know, media, you know, with her music and her image and, you know, her clothing line and other things, other endeavors. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just goofy, you know, to, to, you know, use a light word to describe it. Cause like I said, people who are fat know they're fat and thank you. We really, if we need help, we also know where to go to get help. Right. We know that we need to talk to a doctor. We need to talk to a health professional, nutritionist. Um, you know, if overeating is related to, you know, like um, emotional situations, then we need to talk to a therapist. We know that. I don't know how you can say how you how people can think that fat people don't know that that all of those things are, you know, places that they will probably need to search out in order to get the help that they need, especially in 2022 like this, the year of our Lord, you know, coming soon, apocalypse cometh. Like it's everywhere. We are inundated, you know, with these messages and, you know, all of this information. It just kind of kills me though. But here's, here's, here's where I'm, um, I'm, I'm headed to a close, right? So a couple of years ago um, at my job, my school, we had um, embarked on this um, thing about implicit bias with regard to race, right? But if you go online and what's the website? Implicit.harvard.edu. Um, it's the Implicit 
Association, they have an implicit bias test for just about everything you can think of, not just race. Um, so I recently took the one um, in preparation for this podcast. I recently took the one about weight, um, about uh, fat people or people who are fat versus people who are thin. Um, but they they labeled it fat people and thin people. And so I took it. Um, and like I said, having been having lived most of my life as a fat person or a person who is fat, look, can I just shorthand it? Having lived the majority of my adult life for sure as, um, you know, at a heavier weight. And I guess about half of my childhood too, um, I definitely wasn't Miss Skinny Minnie in high school, no. But then, you know what's funny about it? When I look back at the pictures of myself in high school, I was like, gosh, I should have given myself much more credit for being at a healthy weight because the messaging that I got in high school was that I was fat and, you know, therefore, like, I guess, undesirable or something like that. You know, I wasn't like, you know, supermodel thin. But, you know, like I said, looking back at those pictures, especially now as a grown up in my 40s, I'm like, dang, can I, I wish I I wish I was back to that size again so I can get in my clothes. I just want to wear those clothes again. But anyway, I took that. Um, I took the implicit bias test. Um, and you know what my result was? And I felt so bad. Oh, my God. I felt so bad. Apparently, I still have a slight automatic preference for thin people over fat people. Me? Yeah. Like, really? How? 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 I, you know, because I keep referring to myself as me and we in terms of, you know, being fat. I guess I just kind of just still see myself like that. And not necessarily, not necessarily in a bad way. Like I said, what's just bad about it at this point, because my numbers are good. I just want to get back in my clothes. But, you know, again, saying I've lived the majority of my life, you know, as a person who's overweight. So I'm like, I got, I got a bias, but I guess, you know, hurt people, hurt people, you know, fat people are biased against other fat people who knew, <laughs> especially at this point though, y'all, that's what I'm tripping over. So again, wrapping up the podcast, I was like, okay, so how do you get rid of this? How do you get rid of this bias? Cause just talking about it, you know, and, you know, beating up on Aries Spears and other people who, you know, beat up on fat people and shaming fat shamers, that doesn't stop them. That doesn't stop them. So how do you get rid of the bias? And so I did a little bit of research on that. And honestly, I didn't come across things that were super duper concrete or that it seemed to be super duper effective. So there's one list of things that I got from the American Bar Association, uh, AmericanBar.org, how to reduce implicit bias. Number one, they this is their list. One is awareness. So understand that bias is all around you. True that in different forms. I mean, if you go to that website and take one of those, look at all of the implicit bias tests that are there, you are going to be surprised. Like, oh my God, we do though. They're and they're implicit, meaning they're latent. We don't all, we're not always aware that we have these biases. Am I saying that right? Um, so again, on their list, um, be aware that bias is all around you. Also be um be knowledgeable about the fact that bias comes in many forms. Um, be aware of the bias in your own particular environment. And then their last step was take measures to challenge or eliminate your biases or biases. But that one was really kind of touchy for me in that I couldn't like put my hand on it. So it was like kind of like smoke. How do you eliminate your bias? So one of the things that they said 
um, no, this was on a different website. This was on um, University of California at San Francisco we website about recognizing your own biases. They said to, to start with that implicit bias test and then understand the nature of bias and then um, find, so this was a little bit more concrete, right? Find opportunities to have discussions with people in socially dissimilar groups, right? Um, but I was like, so does that mean that a thin person should go have a conversation with people that are thicker, that are fatter? Like, how does, what does that mean? Like, I, I kind of get it with regard to racial bias, right? So if you are a person who has racial bias, then find opportunities to talk to and get to know people, I guess to humanize, you know, other people, because when you grow up with, you know, just in your own race, then you don't really get the opportunity to know people of other races, but does that eliminate the bias? I guess that's my, my bottom line question. Like, is that effective? And so I was trying to figure out, I know that, that just, you know, like the whole corporate training, that crap don't work. You know, remember Starbucks went through that not too long ago. And I love you, Starbucks. Please don't come get me. Um, Starbucks, I think shut down for a day or two or whatever. They were going to do some, um, you know, implicit bias training after there was like an unfortunate um, situation with one of their baristas, um, you know, having put out some uh, customers uh, who were black, I guess, who were sitting there, you know, having a conversation, um, had bought a cup of coffee or didn't have coffee in front of them or whatever. And they were having like a little meeting. And then, you know, one of the baristas who I'm sure was like, you know, let go um, in Starbucks is, um, you know, defense and, you know, put them out, you got to buy coffee, whatever, and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, look at all these other people around here who are not black and just sitting here using, you know, Starbucks is free Wi-Fi. Like, why y'all picking on us? True that. And so they shut down, I think, for like a day or two to do some, you know, some retraining or whatever. And no offense to Starbucks, but what I've read, and, and I'm probably sure you can guess this, that don't work. You know, okay, so we're going to retrain everybody and then we're going to hold hands and sing, you know, Love's in Need of Love Today by Stevie Wonder. And then that's going to solve everything. Now, I also would like to think that Starbucks knew that that wasn't going to necessarily solve anything or solve the problem at large. Um, but was just hopefully, fingers crossed, eyes crossed, ankles crossed, that that was just, you know, like a first step, you know, the acknowledgement of it. And like I said, even at my job a couple of years ago, you know, having us, you know, go through the exercise of taking those implicit bias tests um, was just a kind of an acknowledgement, like, hey, you got it. Because I, I do know this. I know that there are some people who don't think that they have bias. They they don't. And I, I kind of don't know why, you know, it's those people, especially when it comes to race, like, you know, I don't see race. I just see people. That's erasure. Shut up. That's stupid too. Anyway, um, I just offended somebody right there. I don't care. It is. It's dumb. Um, but yeah, so, you know, becoming aware of your biases, I guess, um, you know, is a good first step, but how do you eliminate them? I don't know. That seems to be not, I don't see a real concrete, I didn't in my limited research, See a real concrete answer to that. Um, I guess having conversations, like I said, this one of the websites suggested having conversations with people who are socially dissimilar to you. Um, I saw something else about um, uh, that someone, and I can't remember which website it was on, but they were saying like having people, you know, stop in the moment and reflect before, at least when it comes to social media, before you post something. Like, you know, hold up for a second, think about what you're getting ready to say or potentially post, you know, and reflect on, is this, is this a situation in which I'm acting according to my bias, you know? 
Um, yeah. Now, does that, I don't know. Does that work? I don't know. I'm still mad that I still have a slight, now it did say slight, but that, that I still have a slight bias. Like my feelings was hurt behind that. Like, what am I doing wrong? Cause you know, you know, I, as a, as a teacher, as a, as an educator, I definitely don't want to be in a situation where I do that to my students, you know, that I'm biased against them um, in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But I know that we all have biases, biases. And so we, you know, we tend to operate from them. And then as a parent too, you know, I'm definitely trying to, you know, raise my daughter, you know, help raise my daughter in, um, in a way, especially because she's a girl in a way that, um, you know, th that I don't, pass those on to her. So, yeah, like, I mean, you know, and those are, those are concerns that I'm sure I share with a lot of parents, you know, and a lot of teachers and educators and firefighters and attorneys and police officers and things like that. Um, especially people in those jobs that, you know, have a constant public face. I mean, um, baristas <laughs> at Starbucks, um, and shout out to the barista who served me today, who, um, took my drink order. Oh my God. So sweet so nice and uh, wrote on the top of my cup, just keeps women. Honey, she preached a whole message, right? Yeah. Shout out to that Starbucks barista. Um, she really helped me out today. I appreciate you girl. Um, a per human person. We're always gendering people. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what the best way is or what, you know, what the most effective way I should say that it, what the most effective way is to, you know, stop um, operating in our, now his bias to be to be fair as I wrap up the podcast his bias was not implicit like right he wasn't operating from an implicit bias that was absolutely explicit he's a fat guy himself shaming another person who's fat what's your point like I don't know I don't get it people can we just stop it stop wake up the end of a Spike Lee movie I don't know do you have any ideas on this I'd love to hear some, um, some feedback from, from you. Um, I just, I don't know. Like I said, this is something that is, is, is near and dear, uh, for a number of reasons. And, um, I know kids are really notorious God at shaming for any type of reason. Oh my God. Middle school is just, it's rough. It is rough. It's a dog eat dog world. We do try to make it safe spaces for our kids, but some of the kids, I mean, they're a product of their own environment. And by environment, I don't mean just necessarily what they see at home. I'm talking about what they see online and what they see adults doing. I'm looking at you, Aries Spears. But anyway, that's the end of the podcast. That's all I got for you in this episode. I appreciate you sticking around. If you want to follow me online, I am at Donna Gay Tyler, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and probably a couple other places where I don't even hang out anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's it. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Stay classy. Stop fat shaming. And thanks for stopping by.